This morning I want to talk to you about taking up your cross. It's a passage of scripture that you'll see a number of times, especially in the Gospels of Jesus, where Jesus is speaking to us and he's telling us, is take up your cross. Now, what does that really mean? Well, we're going to read us some uh, different verses here today where it speaks about that. There's a number of occasions where Jesus talks about that. And we're going to read the occasion in Matthew 16, verses 24 to 26. So Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit? If you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul, is anything worth more than your soul? Father, I thank you for your word today, and I just pray that, Lord, that you'll just make that word come alive into our hearts and into our minds, and for all to hear it, those that are here in church and those that are here watching us online, in Jesus' name. Well, this morning we're going to have a, a communion time a little bit later in the service, but before we got there, I thought we'd talk a little bit this morning about the cross. Uh, communion is a time where we remember the cross of Christ, we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us, that he died for our sins and uh, suffered the cruel shame of the cross, being tortured and all those things, all for us. And then he rose from the grave and uh, has given us life everlasting. But he tells us, we have a job to do as well, and that is to take up our cross. Well, our cross is something that, you know, uh, today we, we see the symbol of the cross. We have a symbol of the cross right here uh, uh, on the side of me uh, that we have. And it reminds us of that this is our faith. Uh, this is the person that we believe in. We believe in Jesus Christ, that he died upon a cross for us. And it is a reminder of our faith that whenever you see a cross, it reminds you of Jesus, it reminds you of faith. And that cross continues to point people to Jesus Christ. And kind of amazingly that sometimes just a cross, sometimes, you know, just in an unusual place along the highway can touch somebody's life and can get them thinking about God and actually bring them to the place where they do look to God. And the cross should be something that's very indeed special to us. For those of us that are older, we certainly remember the, the hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. And I just want to uh, just share a couple of those verses with you. It says, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Those are really beautiful words that encourage us to treasure the cross, to treasure all that Jesus has done for us on that cross and our faith. Those things need to be important to us. We need to have value to all those areas. 
And as we'll be having communion in a little while, I just wanted to take a fresh look at that cross and to remind us of our faith, to remind us of what Jesus has done for us. But I also want to remind you of what that cross should mean to us and how we should apply that cross to ourselves where Jesus is saying that we too need to take up a cross and follow him. Now, taking up that cross helps us to be a true follower of Jesus. It helps us to live our lives in a different way than we may have been living before. And this new way of living should continue the rest of our lives now that we are Christians. And so I just want to remind you of the cross this week and what it really means when Jesus says, take up your cross, take up your cross. And this here is a command. This is not a suggestion. You know, there's a lot of things in Christianity today where people are kind of saying, well, it's just really a suggestion. It's just a thought. Well, if you think it's just a suggestion or just a thought, you're wrong. It's what the Bible says. We need to follow what the Bible says. If you come to this church, we will talk about what the Bible has to say. And we will talk about what Jesus is speaking to us. And Jesus is telling us, every follower of Christ, every Christian, take up your cross. So I want to look at what that really entails and what it really means. And one of the first things that Jesus tells us to take up your cross and what it means is that it means to deny self. It means to give up on our own selfish ways of what we want, our wants, our desires. When one wants to become a true follower of Jesus, you're going to need to come to that place where you're willing to give up certain desires and certain practices to serve God. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take your, up your cross, follow me. That's one of the battles that we face as Christians in regards to our commitment to Christ. Are we willing to set aside things in our lives that we might serve God better? And I realize, you know, that, that's not the popular teaching that a lot that is going on out there, but it is the biblical teaching, and it is a request of Jesus himself that his followers would be willing to lay aside things, sometimes people, sometimes places, sometimes activities, sometimes it don't matter whether it's right or wrong, that we might serve God with our all. And we need to get to that place where we're ready, we're willing to deny ourselves that we might serve God the best way that we can. And that can involve some sacrifices at times. You know, as we look to this uh, passage in, uh, in Luke, where Jesus, again, talking about taking up, his taking up your cross, listen to what he says here in verses 26 to 27. If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. That's pretty strong language there as we read that. It kind of tells us how important we really should take our faith in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus wants to be number one over everything and over everyone. Jesus desires to be number one in our lives. And if you're going to be a follower of Jesus and you're going to take up that cross, then you got to come to that place where you're going to make Jesus number one. Now, he doesn't 
you know, want us to literally hate our families or hate our loved ones. But he's trying to tell us that your love for me should be so much greater that in comparison, it would be like hatred towards them. That's how strong our love should be. In other words, our love, there should be no other comparison. It shouldn't be taken anywhere else, but our love for God should be supreme in all areas over every person, over every individual. You know, and sometimes in serving God, you will have to make some tough decisions. Sometimes even in regards to your family, even in regards to your friends, especially if they're hindering you and your commitment to God, again, God has to be first. That's part of taking up your cross, that sometimes you might lose some friends. Sometimes there might be even family members that no, don't even want to be with you anymore because you're choosing to follow Jesus. And when you turn from our selfish ways or turn from things that uh, God is wanting you to turn away from, you don't go back to those things. I see that a lot in Christianity. A lot of people are going back to things that they set aside, they, they gave up for God, and now they're going back as if, well, what did they do that for? Well, you need to realize when you give up something, you give it up. You let it go. Keep Christ number one in your life. You know, and I, and I realize that that's, that's a battle all the time because there's always things that comes into our lives that sometimes will fight for dominance of who's going to be first. And so we always got to get back to place. No, Jesus, you're my first and you're my foremost. I'm going to continue to follow you. I will set aside the things of this world, the things of value that we have, that we might serve Jesus Christ with our all. You know, and that always involves when you serve Jesus, there will be things, there will be activities that you will lay aside. They may not be bad things. Sometimes we're always looking, well, they have to be bad. They don't have to be bad. Sometimes we just need to lay aside things that we might serve Christ better. And you will find that you have different priorities than the world around you. And so when you start looking to what the world is doing, you don't want to really go there. Because the world is not who's your teacher. Christ is your teacher. He is your God. He is your goal. So don't look to the world to see all that the world is doing. Look to see what God wants you to do and put him first. Our concern needs to be to honor God and to follow him. 1 Peter 1.14 says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. And for us who have been Christians for a long time, don't go back. We have a terminology for that. It's called backsliding. You won't find that word really in the Bible, but it does refer to people that walk away from God. You don't want to walk away from God. To take up your cross is a daily practice where we have to deal with our own selfish thoughts, our own selfish desires, things we may want to do that may take precedence over serving God. And that's something every Christian needs to be prepared for. If you really want to be a follower of Christ, it means denying yourself, sometimes of people, sometimes of desires, sometimes of lifestyle, sometimes of activities for the sake of Christ. And so as we think about taking up your cross, Sometimes it involves those things that we got to set aside that we might serve God with our all. That's part of taking up your cross. Secondly, in taking up your cross, it means death to self and our old ways, which 
that's kind of an obvious one. When you think of the cross, well, why do you go to the cross? You go to the cross to die. That's what happens when you get sent to the cross. You die. And so the cross carries that thought of, of death, of dying to self, giving up of your life, putting that past behind, offering yourself to God as a sacrifice just as he offered himself for us on a cross. Matthew 16, 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. So it means death to self, uh, death to our old ways, which basically is talking about total surrender to God. We're saying to God, God, you can have all of me. I know a lot of times we, we, when we first come to Christ, say, oh, Jesus, take all of me. And then you start realizing what all of me really means. But that needs to be in our minds all the time. Lord, I want you to have all of me. I want you to be first in my life. I want you to be a part of my life every day. Galatians 6, 14 to 15 says, As for me, Paul says, May I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether you've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. See, the old life is to be crucified, put to death. It no longer exists. So when you go back and you start raising up things that you put to death, you're in trouble. You really are. It gets yourself, you get yourself in, in trouble because when you put something to death, it no longer exists. It's gone. And when we become new creatures in Jesus Christ, that old life is to be gone. You don't pick it up again. It's gone. It's dead. And that's how we need to treat it. We are a new people who have chosen to follow after Christ. Apostle Paul, he further addresses this about putting to death our old ways in the book of Colossians. He says, Colossians 3, 5 to 6, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. So taking up our cross means that there are things that we need to put to death in our lives, never to be resurrected again. It's making a commitment, a strong commitment. And as you respond to God, sometimes, you know, you'll see things in the Word of God that makes it really clear that, you know what, we're not to do these things as a Christian. There's some things, you know, there's no discussion about it. But there's other things where there can be a discussion because it's not really right and it's not really wrong. And in those areas, we need to be just sensitive to God and what He wants us to do. And we don't make that judgment because, well, other Christians are doing it. No, we go by what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And if He tells us to put something to death, then we put it to death because we want to honor Him. So taking up your cross and living for Jesus is going to require some sacrifices where we put to death some things in our lives never to be resurrected again. That's something that we're called to do as Christians. Then thirdly, taking up your cross means that you'll decide to follow Jesus. The cross to you is more than, you know, just a symbol or having a nice necklace with a little, nice little golden cross there on you. Because you're wanting Jesus in your life, not just a symbol of him. No, it doesn't mean that if you do have one, that's, I think that's a cool thing to have. 
That's great to have. But you need to make sure he's on the inside, not just on the outside. He has become your Savior. He's your God. Everything else becomes secondary. When you, secondary. When you decide to follow Jesus, everything else is secondary. This is your main goal, Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 24, 25, after I read both, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross. Follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Being a follower of Christ means you're a disciple. That's what a disciple is, a follower of Christ. You've given him your life. You're chosen to believe in him. You've chosen to say, Lord, you are my master. You are my teacher. You are the one that I am going to follow from this day forward. So that's what you're doing. You say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. So you're going to pay special attention to what Jesus says. And what we're talking about today is something that Jesus says. So we're going to follow that. You serve God, you follow in his way, you honor him, you follow his teachings, you, you honor the Lord, like being here today is a choice. You've chosen to come to church or you've chosen to watch us online. That's a choice, but it honors God. You, you choose to give. I see people were giving even before they came into the service here today. You, you pray, you, you read the word. Those are important things that we all must do. You know, we don't do the things necessarily what the world values. We've got to be careful of valuing everything that the world values because their values are different than what God values. And we need to be focusing on what God values and doing those things that please him. John 12, 26 says, anyone, Jesus says, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor everyone who serves me. Jesus is the one we are to follow. Not the world, not the church, not a preacher, not a blogger, not an internet sensation, not some athlete. We're to follow Jesus. That's where our eyes need to be focused upon. That's where we need to be seeing what's happening. Even with our world and all the things that are happening in our world and all the things that are on the news and Man, you start watching all of that, then it can be kind of discouraging. Our eyes aren't to be there. Our eyes to be upon Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our master. He's our teacher. We need to keep our eyes upon him. So taking up your cross means you decided to follow Jesus. It's your primary concern now for the rest of your life to follow Jesus. Then fourthly, taking up your cross, it means counting the cost. There are costs that you will have to bear when you choose to follow Christ. Luke 14, 27 to 29. Again, this is where Jesus is speaking about taking up our cross, and then he comes to these words. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. And he goes on talking about counting the cost. There are costs to following Jesus. And every Christian needs to realize that and be prepared for that, that there will be costs. You know, sometimes we've made, 
you know, Christianity is so easy that, oh, yeah, just believe in Jesus. Everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. No, there's some costs that you need to be ready and prepared to make. See, becoming a Christian may mean that some people won't be happy with you. That's usually a surprise for a person when they become a Christian. They're all excited, and they're thinking everyone's going to be happy for them. And all of a sudden, you can find that your closest friends can be, are you crazy? What are you doing? I, I, I want you to be out doing this. Or sometimes your family is saying, like, what are you doing? Don't get caught up in those kinds of things. And they come up with all these kinds of statements. That's counting the cost. Everyone may not be happy with you because you made that decision. Sometimes even your own family may not be happy with you. And I know that becomes a huge pressure area when we're trying to serve Jesus when your family's not behind you. But I can tell you, you can make it because there's numbers of people in this church that could stand up and testify that I was the only one in my family. It was really hard. It was really difficult. But there's a lot of them that also can say, but you know what? Today, I have my family sitting with me. Today, I have many people surrounding me that have come to Jesus. It is a cost. But you know what? God will honor you for that. There will be battles that you will have to face at times. There will be persecution. We don't like persecution, but the Bible says you're to expect it. It will happen. All those who live godly, you're going to suffer some persecution. There will be disappointments sometimes. There will be sicknesses that you'll have to deal with. There will be times where you lose a loved one. There will be times where there will be offenses. There will be times when you'll be rejected by others. So being a Christian and living a Christian life is a wonderful life. It really is. But you also got to be prepared to count the cost. Because not everything always turns out that people are excited or happy about what you're doing. And there are things that we face in life because we're part of this world. So we're going to face the things that happen in this world. So those are kinds of things that we got to be ready for. And that's why Jesus talks about when you make a decision to follow Christ, make it a strong decision. Don't just say, you know, I, I think I'll give it a try. No, say, I'm going in all the way. I'm going to give him my whole heart. I'm going to serve him with my all. And then when those pressures come, you're going to get through those times of pressure. When the world comes against you and the world tries to lead you astray, you'll be saying, no, no, I, I, I've committed my life to Christ. I am going to follow him. Because, friends, there will be trials, there will be persecution, there will be ridicule, uh, rejection, sometimes even financial pressure. You know, some people lose their jobs when they become Christian. When they stand up for the things of God, sometimes you lose your job. That's not a good thing. Luke 14, 33, Jesus says, So you cannot be my disciple without giving up everything you own. Again, very strong language. See, we need to be willing to give up everything, everything to serve Jesus Christ. He says, how much do you value your soul? How important is it that you're going to be in heaven one day? Then he tells you then, you need to be at that place where you're willing to give up everything. Our, our decision to follow Christ needs to be a strong decision. Choose Christ no matter what. And I know through life we all go through different things. Sometimes we have, uh, most times, we have good things happen. 
majority of times they do. But sometimes we do go through some lows. But we need to remember, you know what? When I go through those lows, the Lord is with me. He is beside me. Even though it's difficult, even though you might feel miserable, even though you're finding it real hard and difficult right now, he is with you. So don't be alarmed by that because that's part of counting the cost. You need to make that commitment strong right from the start. You need to be prepared to count the cost. Now I know as we talk about that, that's kind of a heavy on us from the word of God. But it is a God's word. It is the words of Jesus speaking to us that we're to take up our cross. Maybe to you that doesn't sound all that exciting or even to talk about or think about. But when you really get thinking about it more, that one day I'm going to stand before him face to face, I'm going to be glad that I counted the cost. I'm going to be glad that I set aside things to serve him and to give him the best that I could give him I don't want to be in the other place where, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I am so sorry. I want to stand before him to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. See, we all have a choice to follow Jesus. And sometimes, you know what? Life can be easy, but sometimes it can be hard as well. But it's worth it, even through all eternity. It is a journey that is well worth it, and we will reap a harvest of blessing a harvest of blessing, we do not give up. We just need to take up the cross, follow him. It's interesting that uh, Jesus talking to the disciples about counting the cost, that good old Peter, he kind of speaks up and says, well, Lord, you know, we, we, we've all done that. You know, we've left fathers, mothers, we, we've left our homes. We've given up everything to follow you. And I love the reply of Jesus to that kind of a statement. And these are the words of Jesus, which we can apply to ourselves for all the things that you've given up or set aside to follow Christ. Mark 10, 29, 30. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who's given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children's property, along with persecution and the world to come, that person will have eternal life. You know, I realize we all have different experiences and trials throughout our life. Some of us have gone through harder things than other people have. But I've seen this verse come to pass in people's lives and even in our own lives, where there's been loss, where there's been hardship and sorrow, Cost, I found that God has always been faithful, even in the midst of those things, which really is important, that when you go through those times of difficulty, the Lord is there. But more than that, I've also seen how God has blessed us, how he brings restoration, how he brings blessings into our lives, good surprises into our lives, uh, new family, new friends, new opportunities, new hope, renewal of promises, and a promised eternity in heaven. There's always choices that you got to make to kind of account the cost. I can remember as clear as can be when I responded to that call that I'm going to be a pastor. I really didn't want to be. I was kind of looking at the pastors that were in our community and kind of saw how tough it was. We have a lot of pastors that have, to me, have gone on before us. Uh, they're the true pioneers, the 
the ones that really took a lot of cost to be a pastor. A lot of them had nothing. And I saw that, and I was kind of thinking, oh, boy, if I follow Jesus, that means I have nothing. You know how I like cars, and I really do. And I can remember looking at the cars of my parents. I always looked after their cars, too. That mental thing is still with me. And I looked at that and was thinking, oh, well, I guess I'd say goodbye to all that. But that's not what happened. I counted the cost. I was willing to go. We were just counting the other day how many cars we've had since we've been married, and we've been at 33. So God can bless us. I know you're all saying, Pastor, you have a real problem. You need to see a psychologist. Probably do in that area. But I got thinking about that last night as well. I said, well, thank you, Lord. I thought I was counting a cost. I thought, you know, that's it. You never see it again. That's not how God works. He sees what you give up, and then he'll bless you. And he'll start pouring it on to you. So if you're struggling with, maybe there's some things right now that you're thinking, you're struggling, should I do this? Shouldn't I do it? Should I give this up? Should I lay this aside to serve God? Lay it aside. Because God gets something better for you. God gets something very special for you. When you serve him, he is a good father. And the Bible says he loves to give good gifts to his children. So when you place your hands under a good, your life under a good father, he's going to make sure that you still get some good things. So you might be thinking, oh, i got to give it up at all. No, that's just the beginning to receive all that he has for you. And so when you count the cost, go ahead and count it. Go ahead and apply it. And as you do, there will be many, many blessings that will come back to you. And as we conclude this service, we're going to go into a communion time and I really pray that as you think about communion and all that Jesus has done for you, that in itself is enough to give up everything for. To be a Christian, to receive the forgiveness of sins, to receive that promise of heaven, that's worth it, 100%. It doesn't really matter if he blesses me or not. That's what's most important. I have an eternal home in heaven. That's enough but he seems to bless us in so many other ways. He'll give us brothers and sisters. He'll bring us new family. He'll restore things that were lost and taken. He gives us new jobs. He gives us new things. He begins to bless us in ways that we never even imagined that could happen. He surprises us. I love surprises. And, and I say that to God. God, thank you for your surprises, things I've never, ever expected. And you put it right in my plate. So God, we serve, and we count the cost, and we take up your cross.